It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey everyone, welcome to the Talent Talk Radio Show. Uh, we are excited to be back into the swing of it after kind of being gone for a few weeks. I know we're sort of running some best of shows. It's really fun to be back in the mix and back live on the show. And speaking of being back on the show, our guest today is a, a returning veteran to the Talent Talk Radio Show. And we'll get to him in a minute and kind of dive into what he's been doing lately. But, you know, the show really is built around this concept of uh, I love to talk to smart people, people who inspire me, who are doing awesome things. And what can I learn from them? What can we all learn from them? What are they seeing? What are they doing? Maybe what are they worried about? What are they reading? Uh, these are all the kinds of things that I love to know and to kind of get a baseline for where I might want to think about, you know, my next steps, my next books, my next thoughts, um, what my people might be thinking about. So uh, for all you leaders out there, this is a perfect opportunity to, to learn something and to engage uh, speaking of engagement, we do live tweet this. So if you are listening live or maybe you pick up the podcast pretty close to when we ran it, you can go on Twitter at PeopleG2 or that hashtag Talent Talk and you can interact, comment, ask questions. If you're listening live, you can ask a question right now for, for DJ and we will get it on to the show. Uh, my uh, social media manager and coordinator, Angela, is really good at doing that. And she also live tweets all the smart things we say and any links or uh you know, profile links or anything that you might want to write down. She's she's plopping it in there. And we've had so many great stories that have come through the show throughout the years. Uh, a lot of them in the first part of the years that went into my first book, The Power of Company Culture. And now, of course, with COVID, we had so many amazing stories that I wrote another book called Remote Work. So if you're interested in either culture or how to have a better remote company, you know where to find, uh, you know, where to buy your books, Amazon or wherever you buy them, look me up and uh, happy to... Uh, to hear how you how you think that maybe they might be able to help your company. All right, Talent Talk is live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are listening on podcast or you want to listen to the podcast later on, please make sure you subscribe wherever you're finding us, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, doesn't matter to us. Just subscribe so you never miss a show. All right, let's go ahead and get to my guest. Uh, unfortunately, our uh, uh, second scheduled guest had a, had a medical emergency. Hopefully, everything is okay with her. And so we're just going to spend our time today with, with DJ Eitzen. Like I said, he is a returning veteran to the show. He's co-founder and COO of Limitless Minds. And Limit, Limitless Minds teaches organizations like Microsoft and Johnson Johnson, Chick-fil-A, you know, these small little companies you might have heard of before, <laughs> and many more, the same mindset concepts and training that Super Bowl winning quarterbacks like Russell Wilson use so they can have a competitive advantage. I know we went down that rabbit hole quite a bit around Russell Wilson, 
But uh, before we kind of return to some of that, uh, DJ, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being here, buddy. What, what's up? Thanks for the intro. I love the the part about we interview smart people. I hope Harry Wilson's listening. He always gives me a hard time, <laughs> my, co, my other co-founder uh, and Russell's older brother. But uh, I appreciate the introduction, man. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, I've seen you all over uh, social media recently. <laughs> I know you've been doing a lot and uh, you guys are quite active, as you like to say, yes, uh, with everything going on. So you know, maybe like since the, the last time you were on the show, what have you guys been up to? What are you focusing on? What's sort of, you know, really present for, for you and your organization? Yeah. So I, I was looking back, it's been almost a year. And, you know, I, 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 last time we spoke, I was in my basement, you know, still, <laughs> still dealing with uh, the quarantine. And, uh, and so we're out. What's new? I'll, I'll first tell you one thing that's new on the personal front. Um, I have a teenager now. So that that's really new. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah. I'm Thank so, you. so yes, sorry. Say, yes. Say a prayer for your boy. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, I, so my kids, we have five ages three to 13. And so that, that 12, and then she turned 13 is it's an interesting, I had to actually get my own mental conditioning coach yeah. uh, since, <laughs> since the last time we talked to. So no, it's, uh, but yeah, so that, that, that's been going well. Family's good. Uh, business has been going great. Uh, like, like you said, we, we like to say active. We don't say the B word at our company, uh, B U S Y. Uh, we do say, we do say the other B word. I was telling you, Chris, we say blessed, right? We've been really blessed and fortunate what we've been going through here recently. Um, you know, we've been able to work with, we added some logos. We, we actually, we started working with uh, Workday and Salesforce and there's, there's plenty other logos that, that we've been had the opportunity and been fortunate enough to uh, work with. But um, yeah, it's been, um, we, we actually opened up uh, and you're gonna see some announcements coming out of a physical facility for our mental conditioning training down in Lake Nona, Florida. Uh, that's right outside of Orlando. It's about a seven or eight minute uh, uh, Uber drive from the airport. It's a health and wellness community. And we are now bringing teams and executives starting this fall down there to train live. And then also they'll be leaving with some some tech support and some other things uh, uh, to go along uh, their 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 journey of life. Uh, we want to we want to really just ride right beside them and partner with people, and so have a physical location, have the technology to to see them where they are and meet them where they are. So a lot of exciting things there. Uh, we've expanded our team now. Yeah, we continue to grow. So we've been really really fortunate here recently. Well, with, uh, I guess, everything going on, and I th- so I can say this, as someone who's already lived through having three teenagers, <laughs> um, I will say that my uh, management style changed after having three teenagers, okay. that my ability to deal with difficult people or high, high achievers or people that might put a strain on you as a leader, right, yeah. got, got better teenagers sort of put you through your paces, right? Every, every possible scenario you have to deal with. And I think, That's right. you know, and they, they don't have that contract that you have with an employee. They're like, well, I'm not going to be my absolute worst at work because I, you are signing my paycheck at the end. And whereas teenagers like are just, they'll just, they'll just blow, they'll just light a nuclear bomb off and just let it go. Right. Uh, so right. since you're, since you're on your first one uh, and you have a few more to come, uh, this might be an interesting place to kind of talk uh, yeah. about because I will tell you the two things I learned that took me a little bit of time that I have translated into the business world. And the first one was, is not to take any of their behaviors personally, mm. not to personalize their, they're going, they're, they're teenagers, they're going through stuff, just like employees are going through stuff that you may yeah. not know about. Right. And it's easy to be like, well, 
they won't meet with me or they're short on calls and like not to personalize it. I start, right. start, start doing that. And it was like, wow, I'm so much better in the conversation now. But I will say my favorite piece of advice for parents uh, or people having difficult employees yeah, with, with teenagers is uh, to just start saying yes to everything. And I know that sounds crazy, but yes, and, and yes, but, because I feel like teenagers and difficult employees, the moment you say no, go into like DEFCON 5, or is it one? I forget which way it goes. But like, they go into like the worst case scenario that you're the worst person ever and they hate your guts because you said no. But it's yeah. like, can I go to that party? Yes, but there has to be adults there. Got you. You know, can I go out with my friends? Yes. And you have to make sure you've done these chores, da, 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 right? Right. And you negotiate. So it's like this little mini negotiation. Yes, yeah, I love yeah. that. We we uh, we actually work with uh, a gentleman named Travis Thomas, one of my favorite people. He he worked at, with uh, Second City for a while. He does improv, and and he also is a mental <laughs> conditioning coach. Yeah. Um, he actually is with the U.S. men's soccer team right now. And, um, and he teaches that yes and philosophy. I never, right. I have never applied it to teenagers, yeah. which I really appreciate you giving that advice. I think, I think both of your pieces of advice are very well stated and, and um, I will put those into action today. <laughs> I yeah. think that's, that's awesome, well, man. Well, you bring up improv, which is where it was born. And it's that idea in an improv situation, you have to keep the scene going. If you say no in the scene, you the scene ends. Yeah. Right. And so you want to keep the conversation going. And anyone who's ever had a teenager knows when you get that small glimpse, a small moment where they'll actually talk to you and actually tell you what's going on because they suddenly become so kind of internal, right? For for a few years, that you don't want to stop that conversation. Right. By saying no, you want them to keep talking because like you'll 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 know, you'll find out what I'm talking about when their eyes stop rolling every 10 yeah. minutes right. and all of a sudden they're like okay, well, this is what's going on with me and my friends. And this is the problem I have. And you're like, oh my gosh, okay, what do I do? I got to yeah. keep it going because they're finally sharing. And That's right. it's that it's that yes and and the yes but to keep them going. Because yeah. uh, I will say, well, I would say, no, you can't do that. And it was like, nope, shut they down. shut you right down. Conversation how old, over. Now, how old are your kids now? Now my kids are 23, 23, and 19. Got you. Very yeah. good. No, that's so. great. That's a great piece of advice. I mean, it's <laughs> it's interesting because I've I've led, you know, hundreds of people throughout my career and, and leading a household with teenagers or at least a teenager has <laughs> probably been one of my most difficult challenges. Yep. And I do find myself, you yep. know, going to some of the leadership, you know, that, you know, tools and tactics and techniques that I've used in business. I find, you know, you know, myself trying to use, utilize some of those things and <laughs> not all of them work. Some of them do. Yeah. Um, not all of them work, but I, um, you know, we, it's, it's, it's a unique, uh, very unique time right now. So yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in the, you're in this exciting time. Cause like, I'm mean, the good news is with the other four, that's like the <laughs> best time ever. That's like the, my favorite part of like right. having kids was that when they were little and they're old enough to tell you what they like and everything's fun, that's right. and, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But as soon as what I've, what I've realized too, as soon as you like figure out whatever stage it is, it's like, they're on to the next one. You're like, um, dang. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's just like, it's like the shoes. You finally find shoes they like, and then they grow out of them. Yeah. They like, grow out yeah, of them. Exactly. Two minutes. <laughs> exactly. Good thing. They, well, with five of them though, they can, they can pass them down. Right. And right. So we, we do get that, I hope, the luxury of that. Yeah. And we, 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 my, my brothers and I never, 
uh, were good enough to shoes. We were so hard on shoes that they never got passed down. And my parents were so <laughs> excited by it. We would ruin them, destroy them. We used to have the dog pull us on a skateboard and we'd use them as brakes until the soles wore down to nothing. Nice. You know, yeah. That's great. That's great. So, I, you know, I, with all the work that you're you, you're focusing on, you know, as we're sort yeah. of coming out of this uh, pandemic, we hope the mm-hmm. Delta variant may have something to say about that. But, you know, as we kind of come back and we're leadership has maybe changed a little bit, work has yeah. changed a little bit, maybe not for the athletes uh, so much that you're working with, but, you know, with those people that are choosing hybrid work, remote work, all of that. You know, is there sort of a, a new theme? Is there something that you're sort of seeing that needs we need to be paying attention to right now? Yeah, I do. And, and actually, this came from an executive at Johnson & Johnson. I think it was January. We were meeting and they said, DJ, the, the biggest challenge for me right now is how I, I show empathy, but still drive results. Mm-hmm. And, and that, has, that has really resonated. The, soon as, the minute he said it to me, I realized a lot of other executives and leaders were trying to articulate that message, but the way he did it, it was so simple. It was like empathy and I'm seeing, you know, results on this end. And, and how do you, how do you do both of those things and, and, and do them well in this environment? And, um, and so, you know, that's what I see uh, a lot of leaders grappling with. And, and the thing is, it, it really does come down to, to a mindset. You can't, you can't have a fixed mindset in this environment. Things have changed. You know, we talked about last time how, you have to accept. We we talk about neutral thinking uh, with our company. That's one of the, that's one of the things that we teach. And you really in neutral thinking, you know, is it's rooted in truth and facts. You have to accept the environment for what it is. And as leaders, that's what we have to do. Things have changed, and so how do we how do we uh, you know grapple with you know the new work environment? You know, what does a work new work week look like? You know, how how often do we go into the office? How often do we stay at home? You know, kids, kids learning from home still potentially, you know, some kids going back to school. What does that all look like? Uh, vaccinated versus not vaccinated. All these different things that we have as leaders, we have to take and, and really empathize with the people that we're leading. Now, in order to do that, it's one thing to say have empathy. But I think if you take a, even one step back, it, it, you have to actually listen as a leader. Mm. And, and you mentioned that, Chris. And that's where I think you know, the skills that we have as leaders of, of, of um, men and women um, transfer over to this, the, the leadership skills we have in our family with our kids is that, you know, when you take time to listen and, and actually acknowledge the, the issues and then that, that people are dealing with, it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, right? But you have to at least listen and acknowledge that, that their issue is real for them. And then, and then you drive, then you go into the, the behavior aspect and, and what things you want to see. And, and then ultimately you'll get to the result that you want to get to. But I think a lot of times we either skip straight to the result or straight to the behavior aspect of it. And we never slow down to really acknowledge and empathize with the people that we're leading. And that, that to me has been, you know, kind of the biggest aha moment in terms of if I want to be a great leader, I really have to slow down to, to speed up. Yeah. And a lot of what I was seeing was that in order to really be empathetic uh, and to do that, you have to kind of maybe re uh, readjust your perceptions, readjust your outcomes, readjust what you think is going to happen. Because there's a lot of managers right now that are trying to put a square peg into a round hole, right? They're saying, well, this is how we used to do it. Uh, this is what you used to be able to perform at. And I need that same thing. I feel really bad that you have this situation going on, but you still need to meet these. Right. Da, 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 da. And that's not really being up there, right? 
It's right. how, how do we retool, redesign? Uh, and for me, this is always why remote work and flexible work has been uh, an advantage because yep. we can say, geez, I get it. You have a sick spouse. I'm so glad that you're able to work from home. Figure out your schedule, how you need to do it. Yes. Right. You're telling me you don't need to take time off, but you just need some, you need a little bit of flexibility from me on when you get your deadlines done and think, great, no problem. Right. I understand what's happening and they can do that. Well, that's pretty hard to do if someone's coming into an office and has a two hour commute each way. Right. Right. How do you, you can empathize and say, geez, I feel really bad for you. But for me, the lack of actually doing something mm-hmm. or helping them, it just feels like you're sympathizing with them. And that's not the really correct definition, but it feels, slim version yeah. of, of empathy, right? We do like, oh, well, I feel bad for you, but get back to your <laughs> quota, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's why I think, I think that again, I, a lot of times, if, if we're being honest with ourselves as leaders, you know, we're kind of half listening and we already have the, we already have the behaviors or the things that we want them to work on. And, and, you know, cause we know that those behaviors, you know, in the past have showed us that we're going to get a certain result. So we're just skipping right there. So you, you have to be re- very intentional and purposeful about that, that listening aspect and really intently listening. And, and because what's going to happen is when you're intentional like that, it's going to build up a certain amount of trust so that when you do go to the behavior aspect and you tell them, and you tell them what you need them to do, there's going to be some buy-in there because it's going to be like, hey, Chris cares about me. DJ cares about me. He really, he's really interested in, in you know, what, what is on my mind and on my heart. Now, I'll, I'll tell you real, some real actionable ways that we've done that as an organization. We've had to build that into our day. So the first thing that we do on Slack is uh, everybody says what they're grateful for. And, and we do that. We do that. So that's the first thing you see when you, when you, when you go into work, what people are, are, are grateful for. And what that tells you about really is what they care about, what's important to them. So as a leader, I'm really paying close attention to that. The other thing is, is we built in throughout in, during the week, um, a time uh, where you, it's a, just a Zoom call. Everybody goes on the Zoom call. You're not allowed to talk about work. It's just like being at the water cooler. And mm-hmm. what you, again, what you find out is what is important to people, the issues that are going on, what people are celebrating. Um, so those things build trust as a team. And you, you start, to, if you really listen as a leader, you'll see what's important to your people. So then when you go to influence them, that it, it's, it's much easier, right? You're aligned in terms of now, again, we may not agree with the direction that we go every single time and every single step, but you're going to have a lot more buy-in if, if you're listening and acknowledging what's going on, as opposed to just moving straight to results and behaviors. And I want to make sure people really understood, I think what you were saying, which is you, you've designed something that very intentional that works for your organization that has a very specific uh, action and a very specific outcome. Yeah. So you as a listener may say, well, geez, us saying what we're thankful for every day is not doable for us. Or we have a thousand people at our company and we couldn't have a thousand Slack messages. Fine. Right. But the point is you need to design some way in which maybe your teams can interact in some special way yeah. uh, so they can understand what's going on. It doesn't have to be, if you have a thousand person company, it doesn't have to be across all thousand. It could That's be right. inside a smaller group, a smaller team. And how do we connect with those people we're closest with and we work the most with uh, to make sure we understand what's, like you said, what's important to them. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, Chris, because you know what, I, I, when I've told some other people that they, they go straight to where you just went to, they say, well, the way our company structure, that's a great idea. And that's, oh, I'm so glad you guys do it, but we can't. And what's interesting is 
we had to, this wasn't the first uh, iteration of, of this gratitude uh, piece uh, for our company. We used to do it on every call because we, we had a daily call as a team when we were really small and we would start, everybody would go around the horn what they're grateful for. So right. this is, so, so we had to adapt and evolve as we grew and it'll look different when, when we, uh, during the next expansion. And um, right. so, you know, but, but, um, but there's something as long as like, and I, I look at my values every day, like I, you know, our, our core values, we have six of them, think big impact, uh, impact, people focus, courage, gratitude, and trust. Right. So every day I'm, I'm, I'm saying, how am I doing those things? Gratitude is one of them. And so as a leader, you need to build that into your team as, as if you, you know, if you're leading, you know, a district or, a, you know, a team of 10, whatever it is. Um, as, as a leader of your family, as a CEO, if you're leading hundreds of people or thousands of people, you, you have to be really aligned with your values. And, and for mm-hmm. us, gratitude is one of them. And we won't, we won't, we won't make an excuse on why we can't, you know, uphold that, that value. And, and really curating an experience and a system that reinforces what you care about as an organization is, that's often what I spend a lot of my time consulting about and helping uh, organizations or senior leaders to do because they'll say, we really care about gratitude. And I go, great. Now, what's what's the thing that drives that? Well, we tell all of our leaders they should you know, tell everyone good job. <laughs> well, I mean, that's stupid. I mean, that's just not going to work, right? You need right. to have what you're, a specific meeting, a specific time, a specific way in Slack, a spe- something that is reinforced and talked about that is repeatable and doable by everyone in the organization. Yeah. And again, make up your own thing, iterate your own thing. Doesn't have to be what I say. Doesn't have to be what DJ says, but you got to find something that's not just leaving it up to people to do it on their own. Yep. Um, there has to be a process just like, you know, we are on a sports team. Uh, we know in football on offense, they always get together with a quarterback and they talk about the plan and they, they say break. And then they go like, it's, it's over and over and over. There is a process for communication That's on how right. we're going to do something right. Um, in basketball, there's every time there's a free throw, <laughs> they kind of yeah. chit chat. There's a little bit of that high five. Yeah. You can see in sports, these different little moments where there's repeatable things that they do. That's right. Yeah. And I'm, and we have to put those in our organizations or at least if you can't control your organization, at least put it into your team. Right. Yeah. Where you can't control it. Lead up. We call that leading up. You know, when I when I was at my last company and a thousand people, I knew I had a certain team that I was leading. But by my example, like I knew I was going to impact other people. I could impact the CEO by my example in, mm-hmm. in certain, you know, in, in certain aspects. So um, I, and, and so I think you have to believe that you know, that because people are watching, they're watching the way you're treating people. Um, they're, they're watching the way you interact. They're watching how you act when you're up, when you're down. And um, so as, as, a, as, a, as a leader, um, or even as an employee, there's always a microscope on you because you never know when you, you're going to get tapped. Even if you're an, just an employee and you're not leading people, you're doing a great job. Ch- chances are you're going to get tapped to move up. And then everybody's mm-hmm. going to say, oh, remember when DJ was just a rep? A sales rep. Remember how he treated us, you know. And you're leading those same people. So, right. so you know, so that so leading up and leading by example is is really important. It's something to your point, Chris. We can all do. And and again, I want to kind of remind everybody: leading up, leading by example, does not mean being perfect. No, it doesn't no. necessarily even mean that you have to be the one working the most amount of hours. That you have to be the first one there and the last one to leave. I I, I don't think those are necessarily scalable or things to do. 
So if, if you want an example, and I've been telling people about this for a few weeks now, since I got back from vacation, mm-hmm. it has always been a thing for me. And I tell my people I want them to do this. But when I do it and I show them I'm doing this, I like recorded myself and sent it to the whole company. I feel like this was a good example of leading this way. Mm-hmm. I tell everyone I don't want you to read your emails when you come back from vacation. I want you to put an out of office that says, I'm going to delete your email, resend it after this date. Here's some people who can help you because I don't want people to read emails on their vacation. I want them to be totally, you know, free and, and relaxing. That's and awesome. I don't want them to come back to, for me, I had 9,000 emails when I came back sitting there, wow. right? And I went, could I have gone through all those nine? I mean, could, could, I mean, I mean, sort of a lot of it was junk. I, right. I'm sure there was more than a few Nordstrom's sales and you know <laughs> stuff like that, like stuff I wouldn't need That's to read. That's why but, you look so fly, man. I love that there we shirt. Go. That looks good, man. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but I videotaped myself going in, yeah. copying them all, deleting them all, going to inbox zero, and reminding everyone it's important to me when you go on vacation. I want you at inbox zero when you start, so that you don't have all this anxiety and good being for you. A, you know, upset. And that's a way I think a leader, people can find ways to show everyone, I care about this thing. And look, I did it too. I'm not paying lip service to what I'm telling you, you should do. Right. Right. I mean, you know, there was once, um, and I thought it was so crazy at the time. I was probably late twenties, early thirties. I just started leading people and the vice president, I was talking to the vice president of training and this guy, had, he had been at several pharmaceutical companies, great guy, super successful. And, and, uh, and he was, I was telling him, I'm like, man, you know, because we were at a training session. And, you know, when you're at a training session, the emails start, you know, piling up. And I was like, man, I'm really getting stressed about these emails. There's all these emails I got to, you know, when I got to get back and all this stuff. He goes, you know what I do? And I said, he goes, well, you know, he goes about once every three months. He's like, I, all those emails that are in my inbox, I just press delete all. And he goes, you know what happens? He goes, things get done. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, he he's, he just, exa- he said exactly what you just said. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's really not, at the end of the day, it's not that serious. Most of the time, right. if people don't have a, uh, if they don't have implemented a process like you did, Chris, you know, I, 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 I a lot of times my last day or two spend time thinking about, I got I'm going to have to get all these emails, all this work that's piling up. And so right. you just, you would have just gave me an extra day or two onto my vacation. Right? right. And so it's, um, that I love that. That's really actionable and something that, you know, anybody can apply. So as, as a leader, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. And it's easy. Cause if you're telling the people emailing you, I'm not going to read it. You're setting good expectations. Right. And you're telling them when they can resend Cause there were some important emails. There were some things I needed to talk to people right. about. They resent it on the date I told them I'd be back in the office. It's really cool. You know, because yeah, it was important. Great. The rest of it was all junk and it wasn't important. Or, yeah. you know, I and I we do this other thing called an ostrich meeting. We with your team, you get together and you have them, you know, tell you everything you missed. Like yes. what what did I miss? What do I need to know? What's the big stuff going on? Help me get my head out of the sand. Mm-hmm. And if they go, Oh, well, there was this one client had this one problem, we really need to be look at it. Okay, I can go back into my deleted emails and I can read that thread. I can easily get caught up if I have to get to an email, yeah. right? But yeah. out of those 9,000 emails, about 20 came back to me and said, hey, I saw your note. That was cool. Here, I'm resetting this email. We need to talk. Yeah, that's right. 20. That's crazy. <laughs> 9,000, right. So, so you know, you, the other thing, when you asked, you asked about kind of what's on, you know, the mind of leaders and 
And um, and, and it, this kind of parlays into what you're talking about here too. Um, I, I one of my mentors who actually is my pastor as well. He he said to me, he goes, people are looking for leadership that isn't anxious, you know, mm. that that's calm. And so, you know, that's an example. The example you gave was an example of, you know, just being, you know, calm in that situation. You know, it's 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 really at the end of the day, not serious. Like all 9000 emails aren't. Um, but the same thing, whether it's, you know, social injustice, vaccines versus not vaccines, political stuff, work mm-hmm. at home. People are being bombarded with negativity, they're being bombarded with information. Um, and so to be to to be calm under pressure as a leader right. really stands out. And I think is something that um, I, I'm 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 really trying to as as uh, as I lead people and the people that I lead who lead other folks to say be be calm under pressure. Yeah. And and uh, the only thing I will maybe add to that is I did learn during the financial crisis 2009 I have a pretty mellow, pretty even personality, and I I really was keeping it tight, really trying to be calm. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal, our first really big test, you know. And I realized that my people kind of wanted me to put on my superhero cape. Mm. They were kind of freaked out a little bit that I wasn't more, uh, you know, excitable. I wasn't, yeah. That I wasn't like, right? Because they wanted it. It was good that I wasn't freaked out. They didn't want me to like run around with my hair you know, on fire right. or say the sky right. is falling, but they did want me to stand up and like kind of put my, you know, superhero cape on and say, we're going to yeah. make this, we're going to do it. Right. Think everything's going to be okay. And you can do that in a very calm manner, like you said, Yeah. yeah. but they wanted those words of a, they wanted me to be the leader. Yeah. Right? They, they want direct. They want to, I'm guessing they probably wanted, you know, direction from you because they trust right. you. Right. Right. And so I, yeah. And I, and I do think that I think people do want direction um, you know, they, they, they also freaking out, you know, is, 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 gonna, is gonna, in this environment is, uh, and you know, this is, is obviously going to have a really negative impact on, on your team. And, and you, and you, and you see that, unfortunately, I mean, it's, they act out, you know, people and leaders act out in different ways and, yeah. uh, but, but, um, but you're right. Direction is so important and being clear with your direction and, and confident because, you know, the same example I gave you with my pastor is funny because he, no matter what decision he makes, somebody's ticked off, right? right. It's like, you know, have a mask when you come in over in this section when, when we were in the middle of, you know, the, the you know, the, the uh, coronavirus, um, you know, well, why does it have to be that section? Why do you have to have a mask? What, everybody should have a mask. It was just bad. He can never make the right decision, but he was so calm and decisive in whatever he did that, you know, people, people followed him, you know, and right. there, there's always going to be outliers. Right. But I, yeah. I learned a lot by watching leaders like him. Um, shout out to pastor Jonathan Schaefer in uh, grace, grace church, Middleburg Heights, Ohio. Uh, but um, yeah, he, he was, he, he's, he's a guy that not only he talks the talk, he walks the walk, he, you know, he does lead by example and he's done a really fine job of leading our church. It's a church of three, you know, over three, 4,000 people uh, members. So well, if he doesn't get ruffled under pressure, I'm feeling he may have had teenagers at one point. It sounds uh, like so. Yeah, he's got a big family. <laughs> he comes from a huge family. So yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's right. <laughs> he's he's already been through the war, the biggest war he's going to go through. So that's right. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, one of our favorite questions to ask our guests is: there any books that you're reading these days that you might suggest that we check out? Well, it's interesting. So I'll, I'll take a little different spin. So about five years ago. Um, I started buying commercial real estate. 
And, uh, and that's been something that is a business. Uh, I have a business partner that runs in the background. Um, I really don't do a ton with it. We have somebody that manages the properties. Uh, but I, I often find myself uh, listening to podcasts that, uh, about real estate or reading books. Um, I read one on vacation, The Loopholes of Real Estate, which sounds really kind of, oh, what the heck is this? <laughs> but right. basically what it is, is it, it tells you, it, it teaches you how to you know, the tax advantages of, of real estate. Um, and uh, so that was, that's one that I really liked. I, I think it's last name is Sutton. Uh, one of the, I, I'm sure many of your listeners have, have uh, read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, he is part of that Rich Dad, Poor Dad family. And um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's my most recent book. Uh, I still, still read the Bible every day. Uh, so I go to that often. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are, those are, those would be my two, two books here recently reading. Well, fantastic. And, uh, I know you're a super busy guy and, uh, active, I, active. That's right. Excuse me. <laughs> busy I'm to me. Joking. Active. I'm to teasing, you. man. I'm no, teasing. no, no. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> but, uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the show today and continuing to, to share with, uh, you know, my audience, uh, your Absolutely. knowledge. And of course, uh, out there uh, in the public world that you've been doing quite a bit to to continue to share the message. And so uh, if there's anything we can do to support you, we're always here, but really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, how can people find out more about you? How can they learn more about you or, or any of the things that you're doing? Yeah. So uh, first off, Chris, thank you for having me on the show again. Um, I love what you're doing, what you're building and how you give back uh, via this vehicle. Um, and, uh, and I, I love going on this, this journey of life with great people like yourself, Angela, thank you for tweeting out and, uh, and keeping everything organized. We appreciate you too. Um, you know, if you guys want to uh, keep in touch with me, I, I, I got <laughs> my, my business partners kind of dogged me out the other day because they're, they're, they're doing something, um, with, with Instagram and they looked at my Instagram followers and I'm like, DJ, you have 900 followers. What's going on? You know, I just joined Instagram not too long ago. So follow me on Instagram if you'd like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's just DJ Eidson, E-I-D-S-O-N. But really most of, most of what I do is on LinkedIn. I mean, that's, I mean, I, you know, that, that's the social media platform that I've been engaged on for, for years. Um, and, uh, so that's just DJ Eitzen as as well. Um, you can actually, it's funny. My my daughter was just telling me, she goes, uh, dad, uh, my friend said they're Googling you and all these different images of people are coming up, you know, and, uh, and so you can Google me too and, <laughs> and find me that way. So uh, yeah, those, those are ways to follow me. And uh, I would love to, to connect, send me a direct message and, and we'll get you some information. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much again for being on the show. And uh, I look forward to Having you come back uh, again, maybe uh, maybe it won't be a year this time, but uh, yeah. we'll love to have you come back and get updated on all the cool stuff you're doing. I know you've got uh, a lot of lot of stuff coming up, so we'll be yes, excited sir. to be watching watching from the sidelines. And I owe you uh, either lunch or, or coffee, man, when I'm out in Orange all County right. in August. So I'd love to. All right, back. yeah, you let me know. I'll be there. All right, brother. Thank you. All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. Hopefully, you've learned something you can use in your own career in a positive way. Until next time, uh, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio brought to you by People G2.